welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Pastor Chris for an incredible introduction and uh, what an honour to be here in this awesome house. I have great news for you. Um, many have been praying for this for many, many years, my mother included, but uh, during the communion talk this morning, I gave my heart to Jesus and I became a new creation. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wow. I love being in C3. This, this is a, a glorious um, representation of the kingdom of God. Uh, this house, um, I want to share with you just a thought in a moment, but um, the, the capacity in worship here, you know that you worship to the degree of your revelation, right? You get that? The, you know, the, the capacity of revelation that you have about Jesus will be your limiting factor in how you worship, right? And the greater the revelation of the Lord Jesus that you carry, the greater and the more magnificent you worship. The good news is, is I felt like I could barely fit in here this morning because of the atmosphere of worship. You know, in other words, there's a whole bunch of people in the room who carry in a great revelation of the goodness of God, the magnificence of the Lord Jesus. And, uh, and I just love that. I love that there's a grace on C3 as a, as a faith community that brings a, a glorious dimension of worship. You know, because we are the ones who worship the Lord Jesus, right? We're the worshippers of the Nazarene. That's, that's who we are. We're the ones who, who bow before and worship him. Jesus is not a great idea for us. Jesus is not, you know, a, a good theology for us. He, he's, not, he's not like a, an, an ancient historical figure that we, we recognize or reflect upon. No, we worship him. Amen? Amen. And I just love the, the opportunity to do that together with you. Uh, even in this kind of distant space world that we're in, with, you know, COVID and managing all the protocols and having all the seats spread around and all of that. Uh, and even the fact that we've got folks online joining with us, welcome. We're so glad that you're part and parcel of this. Um, this is a great day. This is a glorious day. And the Lord has good things in store for us. I, I just want to start by honouring Pastor Chris and Pastor Ruth um, as great kingdom leaders in our region, you know, like... We have been blessed with extravagant leadership when the Lord positions and calls leaders of this caliber to our region. You know, this is, you, you guys get to do this week in, week out. But in actual fact, for us in the region of the New South Wales Central Coast, the gift that Pastor Chris and Pastor Ruth are to our region is a glorious thing. And I know that because here's, here's my little moment last night. I'm, I'm in the middle of the night, sometime in the wee early hours of the morning, sound asleep except that I stir and I hear um, a prayer language. I, I can hear tongues actually muttering away. Now, I looked across and checked that the bride was still asleep. She, her, her prayer language sounds more like snoring. I probably should have checked with you. <laughs> it wasn't that. It was, it, it was actually, uh, what's that that I can hear? 
and and I and I had this revelation. Actually, I can hear my spirit praying. And then I'm having these theological dramas with myself, going, "What? What is that? Like, you know, the prayer language that we have comes from our spirit out of our mouths, and and it's not an intellectual, like it's not a mind thing. It's a spirit to spirit thing, right? Prayer language. And and so I'm going, "What's this? Why can I hear it?" And then I just knew, you know, the, the scripture says, pray without ceasing, yeah? Yeah, and, and pray without ceasing isn't you guys aren't praying enough and you need to gut off and pray more and more and have more hours of prayer. It's not that, no. Your spirit is constantly on go. It's constantly bringing an intercession, amen? And so, so when the scripture says, pray without ceasing, good job, you're already there. Those of you filled with the spirit of God who got the spirit of God in you, the spirit of God is actually doing that intercession for you. Hallelujah. Who knows that's good news? So I hear this and I go, what are you saying? Because <laughs> I, want, I want understanding now, right? I want the gift of interpretation. What is my spirit actually praying? And I, and I had immediately these words, lampstand, lampstand. Where you're going tomorrow is a lampstand. Come on. In other words, I felt like the Lord was saying here in C3, this is a lampstand ch- lamp church in the region. That is, you know, the book of Revelation talks about the lampstands, right? I felt like God was praying out so that I would pay attention and hear, this is a lampstand church in the region. So I just wanted to honour you and just bring an affirmation by the Spirit of God for what is this, this glorious house um, here in this ministry, in this place, what God is building here is... Um, is a bright shining light to the to the region of the coast. You get to enjoy it week in, week out in the local sense. But I want to say to you, it's a prophetic declaration of light in a dark world. Amen? There's three of us that agree. Praise God. <laughs> I have good news for you. Here's my good news. God is good. Amen? <laughs> He's in a good mood. Hallelujah. God is in a good mood. He's not going to punish you. Someone needs to hear that today. God is not going to punish you. That is good news. I found this quote from Charles Spurgeon, kind of ancient evangelist in history, a couple of, you know, a hundred or so years ago, and he said this, God is so boundlessly pleased with Jesus. Get this. He's so boundlessly pleased with Jesus that in him he is altogether well pleased with us. Amen? God is so boundlessly pleased with Jesus that in him, he is well pleased with us. The the Father is good. He's got good things in store for you. I've only got good news to tell you. The good news is the gospel according to Jesus, the kingdom of God has now come. Repent and believe. The kingdom of God has now come. It's Mark 1.15 and if you look it up in I versions of some sort, it often has the, the little title above it, the gospel or the good news according to Jesus. Jesus, good news, gospel, the kingdom of God has now come, repent and believe. Now this is good news for anyone. I kind of got onto that track a little while back when we were here together and did the online stuff because this is my passion area. You know, like I'm deeply passionate about the good news and and good news getting out. And I love to just challenge believers about how much good news is your good news? You know, just think about that for a second. What is it that I carry? What is it that I'm saying? What is it that I articulate? What do I demonstrate with my life that the world looking on could capture a sense of, oh, that's good news. 
<laughs> That's good news. It's true. Pastor Chris and I were on the phone the other day, and it was, I think it was last week, week before, I'm not sure, and, and um, we're having a chat, and, and I've literally just come out of a service station where there's this um, Hindu service station attendant who, who was, you know, they're serving me and we got chatting and he tells me where he's from and I tell him I was there in the Punjab in the north of India in March and, and, and he said, what are you doing there? And I say, oh, well, we were praying for the sick and sick were getting healed and we were seeing people, you know, radically transformed and we were serving the community, we were taking fresh water in, we were taking medical supplies in, we were loving on and this guy starts to weep and I said, oh, did you want to have Jesus come into your heart? And he goes, yes, how do I get that? <laughs> See, when you hear good news, when you hear good news, there's an immediate response. How do I get that? You know, how do I get on? How 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 does that become my story? How do I have some of that? If you like, the scripture says, what must I do to be saved? You know, and and so, you know, how hilarious. I'm sorry, mate, I couldn't take your call right now because there's this thing going on in the service station. (laughs) But, but I, I, my great conviction is this is not, this is not a grace as the evangelist that I'm talking from. And, and it's, it's nice, thank you for recognising this grace. You know, I am to you whatever you decide that I am, right? I can be just Craig from the Salvos down the road and no one's going to have any sort of life-transforming life kind of impact. But if I am to you an evangelist, then there'll be grace that you can draw from. And so it is my hope because I don't think of myself in any particular thing other than I'm Craig and I, you know, I'm in Christ and, and, I, and I'm just like um, Pastor Tim Hall says, I'm just having a crack. <laughs> I'm just having a go. <laughs> you know, I'm just giving it a crack. Let's see what happens. But, um, but the, the grace for evangelist is not so that the Hindu guy in the service station can open his heart to Jesus. No, that's being a Christian. That's just being Christian. There's nothing more to it than that. The grace for evangelism, if you like, which is available to every believer. Now, the function of evangelist, if you understand Ephesians 5 and the the five-fold ministry model, is to train and equip the body of Christ to go do that work. So don't think, oh, you know, there's this wonderful conversion in the service station, oh, because that's the evangelist. No, no, no. The evangelist just does the training and equipping. But the Christian brings the gospel, demonstrates the gospel, speaks the gospel, manifests the good news of the kingdom. Kingdom of God has now come. There's no better story. Like literally there's nothing better on planet earth than the story of the kingdom come. Now, I don't know if anyone's getting a little uncomfortable already because Pastor Chris has given the microphone to an evangelist who's got repentance on his shirt. So, oh, what are we doing? That finger shaking evangelist image, it's like, no, no, no. Um, I, uh, I was preaching just up the road in Long Jetty and, uh, and out of my mouth came this phrase. I was just talking about repentance and I went, you know, like repentance is always the answer. And I thought about it as it was coming out of my mouth because it wasn't in the notes and I, that'd make a great t-shirt. <laughs> and so two weeks later, the pastor's wife makes me a shirt with repentance is always the answer. It's like, how good's that? It's my favorite shirt now. Uh, because repentance, as, as we've understood it historically, isn't necessarily a sweet, delicious, really yummy sort of thing. It's been a bit hardcore and a bit narky and a bit finger-pointing. But, but that's not the, the repentance of Scripture. It's not the repentance of the kingdom. It's not the repentance of the king. It's his kindness that leads us towards 
repentance. It's his kindness. You want a demonstration of the kindness of God? That's where you'll find repentance. <laughs> oh, he's kind. Oh, he's kind. Do you follow? He's kind. It's his kind. How about this? It's, it's actually a grace. Um, it's uh, um, Acts 5.32. It says this, you know, like... Um, Peter's kind of giving the account of what's been going on with Pentecost and about the outpouring of the Spirit of God and the gospel. And he says this about Jesus. It was he, Jesus, who gave repentance and the forgiveness of sin to Israel. It was he, Jesus, who gave repentance and the forgiveness of sin to Israel. Israel, who had just been super busy trying to figure out how to get him murdered on a cross. Israel, who's kind of going, oh, thank God, this heretic is out of our way. Israel, who's gone, you know, the, the lying kind of lunatic called Jesus is now off the, off the agenda for a while, thank God. Jesus is giving repentance. It's a grace. It's a gift. You know, um, uh, this, hopefully this is starting to trigger some thinking because I actually thought, oh, repentance is something I have to do. Actually, no, no, no. Repentance is this glorious gift given into my spirit by the person of Jesus who makes me want to do a 180. Makes me want to, I've been heading in this direction here with the stories of the world and darkness and whatever. And in my repentance, I walk in this brand new, completely opposite story. Not because of my striving and work and I need to and I'm trying to. No, because this glorious gift just got deposited in my spirit. Now I want, now I want the new story. Now I want to live in the fullness of the kingdom, in overflow, in forgiveness, in, you know, in, in, in freedom. Amen? So this glorious word, repentance, it's kindness. It's the kindness of God. And it's a grace. It's a beautiful gift given by the Spirit of God. Amen? So here's what I've found is there seems to be no end of the need uh, for repentance. No end of the need for it. <laughs> it seems like the need for repentance is pretty, pretty prevalent. When I went to school, which is a little while ago, I went to school when they had blackboards, not whiteboards. Anyone else? <laughs> Only a few of you. <laughs> Blackboards, not whiteboards. And of course, when you made a mistake on the blackboard, you needed a blackboard duster, which was made of felt and timber. <laughs> and of course, if you were mucking around up the back and, uh, you know, doing the wrong thing, the teacher would grab the blackboard duster, complete with timber, and hurl it at you. Anyone been a recipient of such an object coming, flying through the classroom and, yeah? I've been taken out many a time because of one of those things. They had these set square things made of timber too that became a great little whacking tool in the classroom. Mr. Trent, Year 7 history, Mr. Trent, he had the quietest classroom in the school. There was not a single sound, except up the back occasionally where there'd be a bit of chat and you would hear just the slightest whisper. No one else could hear it. And all of a sudden you'd hear this bang, this Real thud on the, and someone would, ah! <laughs> like, ah! <laughs> you, you just hear it, like, you're at the front of class or whatever, and, ah! Mr. Mr. Trent had perfected the crow peck. <laughs> you know, the, the knuckles, 
positioned like this, straight on the top of the skull of the unsuspecting talking student. True. Anyone? Anyone? Know what I'm talking about? This is true. Now, what I found is that this was celebrated in, in um, education circles because Mr. Trent ran his class with a very firm hand and none of that misbehaviour and carry-on that was going on. No way. And so Mr. Trent was highly regarded as a teacher and in educational circles, but what we found out is that's actually child abuse. <laughs> you know, who'd have thought? And so, you know... Having been the recipient of many a knuckle buster, crow peck on the head, of the of the of the damage inflicted by the duster, the Department of Education had to repent, <laughs> had to change direction. Once upon a time, that was really okay. Now, not so okay. Do you follow? Um, it, it, you know, we've had these major. There, there was a time in the world, outside of of Christianity, where in the world, the smartest people in the world were utterly convinced that the world was flat, right? Absolutely. I mean, there's a few people out there today like that. No, but, but back in the day, outside of Christendom, outside of Christianity, were the, the smartest minds in the earth were convinced the world was flat. And if you were to say to them, no, no, that's ridiculous, the world's round, they'd gone, you need to go to therapy or something because the world is absolutely flat and we're convinced of it. Had to repent, had to change their mind, you know, had to come into a, a new truth. Yeah, they would have convinced you, wholeheartedly, passionately believed in the fact is the world is flat, but it's not. Do you follow? There just seems to be no end of need for repentance. I was thinking this way and I need to think a brand new way, a a different way. And so I kind of wonder today, I wonder what what Holy Spirit wants us to repent of. I wonder what grace gift that he has to drop in our spirit that might release us into more of the fullness of his kingdom, more of the goodness that he has for us, more freedom. I wonder about that. The other thought is um, around repentance. It's a 180 degree, right? It's a, I was heading in this direction, now I'm heading in this direction. But I reckon an, an even more wonderful understanding is to, to do a vertical 180, is to go, I was kind of heading in this direction, but I've come up into a higher place. I've come up into a higher perspective. I've come up into a kingdom understanding. You know what it is to be seated with Christ in heavenly places? Anyone? I mean, that's your posture right now. You've got two feet on the ground here in Narara, but right now you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Amen? And, and so, actually, the grace for repentance brings us up into the kingdom perspective. I know Pastor Chris was even praying into that this morning, you know, that, that kingdom perspective over the region and seeing not from, you know, our carnality, but, but, but from a posture of eternity and heaven and the kingdom. Now, the more that we walk in the fullness of that, the more likely we are to demonstrate that and the more clearer we'll become in articulating or declaring that. And so for me, the great, the great uh, grace for us today would be that we walk out of here going, you know what, there was grace on me in this meeting when we came together that all of a sudden I feel like I've got a, a, a capacity in God to declare and to demonstrate the kingdom today that I didn't have yesterday. That'd be a good day for us, amen? And I hope we get there because I'm believing by the Spirit of God that's what he has for us. All right, so a couple of scriptures. 
Everything is fresh and new. Why is this repentance idea so important? 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he's become an entirely new creation. Everyone say new creation. Most of you did, thank you. Those of you who didn't, we'll talk later. It says this, all that is related to the old order has vanished, hallelujah. Behold, everything is fresh and new. Everyone say fresh and new. Fresh and new. Fresh and new only stays fresh and new for a little while. Yeah? Think of your groceries, think of fruit and veg. Think of, Fresh and new is only fresh and new for a little while. It's this invitation to, to stay renewed to stay in renewal, to walk in ongoing renewal. And that includes the grace for repentance to make new my mind. Amen? Okay, it says it there in, uh, in uh, 2 Corinthians, but here it is in Romans 12 too. Be inwardly transformed by Holy Spirit through the total reformation of how you think. There it is again, the grace for repentance, a total reformation in how I, I was thinking this way. And now by the grace of repentance, I'm now transforming into a brand new way of thinking. It says it here in uh, Luke 5 about wineskins, new wineskins. The scriptures say, new wine must be always poured into new wineskins. Get this. Whoa, hope no one's going to feel a rebuke out of this, but if you need to, that's okay. (laughs) Yet you say the old ways are better and you refuse to even taste the new that I bring. This is Jesus. You refuse to even taste the new that I'm bringing you. Oh, no, but I've always thought this way. This is how we do it here. This is the way we think about stuff. This is actually our message or this is... And you refuse to taste the new thing that I bring. Wow. I don't want to be in that category. I don't know about you, but I want to have a taste bud that says I'm ready for the new that he's bringing. You know that we're in this great divine reset in the kingdom, right? You know, like uh, this whole pandemic thing, <laughs> the enemy thought was a great blow, but no, no. I tell you what, the church is in the most glorious days. This is, this is super exciting for where we are and where we're going. But uh, let's be people who've got an appetite ready to taste the new thing that he is bringing. All right. Somebody say repentance is good. How about everybody say, repentance is good? (laughs) Anyone believe that? (laughs) I tell you what, when you realize kindness and grace, kindness and grace, kindness and grace, you realize how beautiful this grace for repentance is. I had a conversation, I'm not sure everyone's convinced, that conversation just the other day with my mum, and I'm on the phone in the car and talking to my mum, and mum, how you doing? She said to me this, well, I tell you, but you just tell me to repent. Oh, no, I'm that son. (laughs) I tell you, you just tell me to repent. Well, maybe, I don't know, but you can carry on in whatever story that is that that you have to yourself. We could taste something new. (laughs) You could get on the kingdom page about whatever it is that's going on. You could make new your mind. You could come into a brand new, you could come up into a higher kingdom perspective. You could see from seated with Christ in heavenly place. You could do that if you want. Or you can just stay a little miserable. It's up to you. Anyway, God love my mum. Bless her. Thank you, Jesus. I want to go after the forgiveness story. We each have a forgiveness story. We carry a forgiveness story and it looks like something 
The world's forgiveness story doesn't look like anything that Jesus has come to give us. I need someone to help. Um, who's going to volunteer for me? Anyone? Oh, come on. Yeah, you'll be fantastic. Come and help. That'd be great. Here's my illustration. I am going to, for the sake of this illustration, what's your name, sorry? Justin. Um, the Justin. Woohoo! How about that? How about that? Mr. Cooper. No. All right, Mr. Cooper. Hey, we got a whole story about St. Phillips going on. <laughs> we'll get into that in a minute. So I'm going to play for the, for the purpose of this illustration, God, and I have this glorious bottle of forgiveness, right? Now, Justin, unfortunately, has um, kind of, you know, was running late to get home the other day and kind of got stuck in traffic and then thought, oh, I feel like a, a, a Snickers, I'll pull off to the servo and, and, and grab a, a Snickers Mars bar, gets home a little later than he was meant to and Oh, no, I was just tied up and I didn't get back in time. It was kind of, kind of not, not entirely truthful and, and whatever. And he needs a bit of forgiveness. So he is going to approach me with my forgiveness. Give us your, your forgiveness prayer. Forgiveness prayer? Yeah. Oh, I'm just so dreadfully sorry. I should have been, uh, should have been more forthcoming and, and honest with you. All right. How do you rate that as a forgiveness prayer? Like out of 10. Raise a hand, five, six, eight. Anyone get a two, three, 10? He's got a 10, there you go. Um, you know, that's kind of how we do this, isn't it? You know, we, we kind of, oh, I'm really sorry, uh, you know, and there was this kind of humility that just leapt out. There was this uh, self-debasing, no, 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 oh, I'm so sorry. And I, I feel like that's kind of how we go about things with God in terms of he's got the forgiveness, I need it, and, and I'll start to, to negotiate. I'll bring my negotiation to the table. What if things are really, really pear-shaped and you've just been way out of line, way out of order, and you desperately, desperately need Like, I mean, this is life crisis kind of forgiveness stuff. What sort of a prayer have you got? Oh, I might go down on my knees and just be like, just... <laughs> What can I do? What can I do to get your forgiveness? And I just want you to forgive me. And you're very sorry. Yes, I'm so dreadfully sorry. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Now, wait, 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 wait. So, so dreadfully sorry. <laughs> so, are you British? Are you British? <laughs> dreadfully sorry, Lord. I... But, but, but that's what we do, and, and there's this, and I'll do whatever you want. You know, I think that's how we got half our missionaries overseas, is I'll do whatever you want. Okay, we can go to missionaries. <laughs> um, but, but there's this, this bartering that comes in, this, almost this, this story, you know, of, of negotiation and bribing. Oh, I've, got to, I've got to get this forgiveness. Now, hang on to that for me. Now, now, now I'm God. Give me your forgiveness prayer. Lord, just forgive me for what I've done. I just pray to have you with me and just guide me on the path in the future. Okay. Can anyone see how ridiculous that is? That, sorry, mate. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. He's, he's still asking me for something he has. Do you see? This is what we do. You, you, thank you so much. I owe you big time, man. <laughs> this is our story of forgiveness, though, and this is where it, I just hear it all the time. I hear it all the time. God is, is up there, and I've done this terrible thing, or this minute thing, or this enormous thing, and I need to get that forgiveness, and I'll do what, and I'll beg, and I'll grovel. 
If I could say something to you today, no more begging. No more begging. Let's, let's just be a people of God who don't approach our Father begging and groveling. You know, my son desperately wanted to be with his mate today. And we'd kind of said, oh, no, we're, we're coming here. And, and he, he flicked into that grovel mode. And, you know, I just felt putrid. I felt, I felt putrid. I thought, I don't want my son to feel like begging and groveling. You know, like that's not who I am. That's not who he is. Like he's a son. Do you follow? You're a son. You're a daughter. I mean that sonship thing, gender free. But you're a son or a daughter, and heavenly dad is not interested in you groveling and debasing yourself. No, no, no. He delights in you. <laughs> he's good things in store for you. He's so thoroughly, thoroughly well pleased with Jesus that he delights in you. Um, and so, our story of forgiveness is actually. Thank you, Father, that I have forgiveness. Thank you, Father, that you've forgiven me for everything I have ever done. Thank you, Father, that, uh, that tomorrow <laughs> you have already forgiven me. Thank you that you have given me this great gift of forgiveness. It was he, Jesus, who gave repentance and the forgiveness of sin to Israel. I just want to put forgiveness in its place. You see, it changed at the cross. Before the cross, it was different. Before the cross, you actually had to bring something. You needed to have the sacrifice in hand. You needed to, to, to bring the offering. You needed to bring the contrition or, the, or, or whatever it was. You know, that, that sacrifice had to be made. But at the cross, everything changed. The forgiveness paradigm changed into the now and already. It was a trying to obtain was the old story, old covenant, old way, to the new story, new covenant, new way, possession, possession already. Have it already. It's in the already. Amen? Scripture says this, at the event of the cross, the final sacrifice for sin was offered once and for all. I was reading through Hebrews this morning. You know, six or seven times in the book of Hebrews, you read once and for all. Once and for all, once and for all, the finished sacrificial system, <laughs> once and for all, when he offered himself. Colossians 2.13 says, the realm of death describes our former state, for we were held in sin's grasp, but now we've been res we have been resurrected out of that realm of death, never to return. Everyone say never. Never, <laughs> never to return. Glory to God, for we are forgiven, we are forever alive and forgiven of all our sins. Thank you, Lord. So forgiveness moved from being given when requested to being permanently available to all. Wow, permanently available to all. Our forgiveness story and our forgiveness prayers want to start looking like that because you are an ambassador of reconciliation. And if anything, today, we're going to commission you to get out there and be ambassadors of reconciliation, reconciling all of creation, all of creation, all of the neighbours, all of the people in your workplace, in, inviting them together. I had this, this um, profound encounter with the Lord Jesus. I was preaching uh, Easter messages up at Tweed Heads, right up on the border, one year. This is, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. And... Um, and during the, the preparation when I was just seeking God on, on, on this message to preach, 
um, he took me into the scriptures, in particular Matthew 27. It says Matthew 27, 45. It says this, For three hours between noon and 3 p.m., darkness came over the whole earth. You know, Jesus is on the cross. He's dying on the cross. And then there's this moment in history where darkness descends upon the whole earth. And, and, I, and I, you know, like when we think about that, that imagery, like it's a pretty horrific kind of scenario. But, but this, isn't, this isn't some kind of solar eclipse that's going on here, right? You know, when, when the, the moon gets in the way of the sun or whatever and it becomes dark. No, because that's only a portion of the earth. I checked this out actually. I, I checked out what the scientists said. Even a complete solar eclipse, no one has ever suggested that the whole world, the whole world goes dark ever. Right? The scientists are absolutely convinced there is no way outside of a, a peculiar phenomenon, no way that the whole earth would become dark. But it, we read in the scripture and the whole darkness consumed or filled the whole earth at that moment when Jesus is dying on the cross. Three hours of complete darkness. And this is what Jesus said to me. He said, in that moment, in that time, I reached into eternity past all the way back through the prophets and the time of Israel and all the way back to the Garden of Eden, back to Adam. And I gathered every single sin, every single wrongdoing, every single indiscretion, every failure, every shortcoming. I reached into eternity past and I gathered the entirety of it and I placed it on Jesus. And I'm like, I'm, I'm getting out of breath just thinking, oh, whoa, like, whoa talk about darkness being collected throughout eternity and then he said and I reached forward I reached forward into eternity future I gathered into you know the year 1000 the year 2000 the year here we are in 2020 I reached forward into into the future and 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 I didn't stop there he, he says I reached forward into into December of 2020 and into December of 2021 and into December of 2031 and I reached into eternity future and gathered and collected every sin, every indiscretion, every shortcoming and every failing that would ever happen. I gathered it and pulled it forth and placed it on the person of Jesus. Three hours of pitch black. Three hours. Of, could you imagine? Like, can you just imagine what that would have looked like? Right? Like, what it would have felt like, what it would have smelt like. Darkness filling the whole earth so that every sin, that every indiscretion, every shortcoming, every failure would be placed on Jesus, not so that God could finally punish Jesus because the Father never punished his son, but so that the Father could punish darkness so that sin could actually be properly addressed and punished. I think that's an area for us to rethink. Hold on. The father didn't actually mete out the punishment on Jesus. Jesus was just the person that it landed when he dealt the blow of sin and death. You know, sin and death is defeated forever, amen? I said, <laughs> sin and death is defeated forever. Amen. This is great news. And it happened, it culminated in the cross when when Christ and the enemy thought, ah, oh, brilliant, it's all over, done, sealed, delivered, you know, 
we've finally murdered Jesus and then there's this glorious resurrection picture, this glorious victory where the darkest moment flicks and becomes the most incredible, whoever saw that coming, God redeeming his creation miracle. Hallelujah. So our story of forgiveness, our prayers of forgiveness, our posture in repentance, why repent then? If, if we're already in this I'm already forgiven story, if the Father has already dealt with and punished every form of any indiscretion, so there's nothing left other than forgiveness, if that's the case, well, what's the point in repentance? Well, repentance was never given so that we could move God to forgive like we'd been praying for however long. Repentance was given so that I could move into the fullness of the new already story. Do you follow? Like, this is how I begin to live in the kingdom of God has now come. It's repentance. It's not so that I can get forgiven. I'm already forgiven. I've been given this beautiful grace of forgiveness and now I repent because I want to live in the fullness of that. I just feel like there's an area of mind renewing going on for some of us today. Just a rethink of what do I believe about that? How do I see my story of forgiveness of repentance. Brennan Manning said this, repentance is not what we do in order to earn forgiveness, it's what we do because we've been forgiven. Amen. Wow, I'm going to race through because we're running out of time. Okay, has anyone been stretched yet? <laughs> if you have, this is going to stretch even more. <laughs> but I just I just feel like this is the, the, the Lord has this for us to just to wrestle with. I'm going to read it to you, John 20, 21 and 22. Jesus told them this, Just as the Father has sent me, I'm now sending you. Just as the Father sent me, I'm now sending you. And I'm going to tell you that this morning, I'm going to send you. Just as the Father has sent me, I send you. How did he send them? How was Jesus sent? All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, Jesus said. That's how Jesus was sent. All authority in heaven and earth. Now go make disciples, right? Jesus had been given this authority and now just like he was given it, he gives it to you. He gives it to his followers. He says, you know what? All authority has been given to you. Now go, I'm sending you. He took a deep breath and he blew on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, that's not very COVID-friendly to breathe on people, I know. Clearly there wasn't a pandemic back then, but, but the, the breath, the ruah, the of God to come upon the, the disciples, to, be, to, to come upon the Christ followers just as he was sent. So he's sending you under the, in, uh, the unction of the Holy Spirit. I send you to get this, verse 23, I send you to preach forgiveness of sins and people's sins will be forgiven. I send you to preach the forgiveness of sin and people's sins will be forgiven. The, the New King James Version says this, if you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven them. If you, just get in your face a little bit, even back at home, <laughs> if you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven them. Now, I, I did the right thing and I, I gathered a few concordance and study Bibles and I had a look and there was this delicious little note that said, of course, no one can forgive sin except God, but if we do blah, blah, blah and blah. 
And I thought, oh, that's a very helpful study Bible. Jesus is saying, if you forgive sin, it will be forgiven them. But the study Bible's telling me, but you can't actually really do that. It reminded me of a time I heard Tony Campolo, great American preacher, um, back when I was a kid and he was preaching. He said, it's taken me four years of Bible college to finally realise that Jesus didn't actually mean what he said. Because we have this capacity to try and make whatever is in that word fit with what we think. But could it be, could it be that Jesus has actually been given all authority? You know, at time when he healed that person and just said, you know, your sins are forgiven. The layman gets up off his mat and walks. It's like, well, what's it easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or, or just to be healed or whatever. But I'm just doing this to show you the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sin. And then he says, in the same authority, same authority, in the same way that I have been sent, I send you. Just let this mess with your head for a little bit. You know, there's something to this in the grace of evangelism that would actually see someone as completely forgiven and maybe even to call it out, maybe even for the pre-Christian friend, I'm telling you, you are free of your sin. I forgive you of it. And let them come into that higher reality, that, that fullness of the kingdom of God come story. There's something to this. There's something to the capacity that we have to walk in our already forgiven story and to give that already forgiven story to others. Now, I, I, I don't want to kind of get bogged down in that, but I reckon there's something for us to just to wrestle out. Why is forgiveness so important? I'm finishing with this. I had this great privilege to pray with a young lady um, in South Australia a little while back, you know, and, and she um, came to me asking for prayer for healing because she had an RSI in her hand. She could barely move her hand. Her hand was severely injured, and I asked her how that happened. She says, oh, I'm a barista at a coffee-making cafe, and, and I, I'm using the machine all the time, and, and the wear and tear on my arm, wrist, I haven't been at work for three months. I'm in agony. Life's bad, can't work, not getting money, big challenge. And I'm about to pray and believe God for a healing and the Holy Spirit says, ask her about a boss. Ask her about her boss. I said, oh, just before we pray, can you just tell me about my, your boss? And she, she starts to tear up. Oh, he's horrible. He's horrible. He, he's ruthless. He runs the cafe and, and, and he's, he's shouting and he's yelling. He's saying, oh, you know, you're stupid, you're no good, you're not fast enough, you're not making the coffees quick enough. You're, and he, she, he, she's describing this boss. And, uh, and immediately the Spirit of God just says, um, ask if she could forgive him. I don't know if you ever feel like you're the meat in the sandwich. You ask her if you, if she, you do it. <laughs> I said, I'll bite my lip a little. I think, just feel like the Lord would say, could, could you forgive your boss? Like she, 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 she audibly gasped, step back. And then, then there's this, this courage that came on. She said, yeah, I can do it. I can do it. She just began to pray and she said, you know, God, I forgive him. You know, release him of, of what he said to me. And, I, you know, and it was like, oh, that was beautiful. That was powerful. And then the Holy Spirit says, oh, could, could, she, could she bless her boss? <laughs> you ask. <laughs> so I 
and, and, and say, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. Like, and, and you could see just courage coming up within her. This young girl, and I'm going, oh, you're a legend. And she, Father, I pray for him. I pray his business would be blessed and he would flourish. And she, she just went to town. And it was like, wow, something phenomenal has just happened there. Like something very glorious is just happening. Oh, let's get into prayer on your arm. And she goes, no need. No need. Totally and utterly set free. You see, this is the story that we carry. Now, I, I just, um, I, I feel like maybe the Lord might just stir some more learning with us in, as we walk in this, this forgiven before I ask story. This, this capacity for us to walk in the fullness of that. But I just want to pray for you. I want to send you just as the Father has sent the Son. So I want to send you. Can I invite you just to stand with me? just want to pray for you. I want to commission you into this ministry. And for friends at home that are, that are sitting on the lounge, like Pastor Chris said, it's good to get up, so jump up. <laughs> and, uh, you know, where, I, I don't know, you don't have to do this, but where I was uh, raised in, uh, in a full-on Pentecostal spirit-moving environment, you know, when we were going to receive a commissioning from the Lord, we were actually going to receive our body language was going to show that. So maybe you want to stretch your hands towards heaven because I feel like the Lord is just going to commission us for the purpose of soul winning and for the purpose of seeing the kingdom advance in this region. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every saint here today. Lord, I thank you for the saints looking online today with us and being all throughout the world part of this as well. Father, I thank you that in these days your kingdom is advancing. Lord, I thank you that of the increase of your government and peace, there shall be no end. And Father, I thank you that your hand is on the saints today. And Father, I thank you that there's this great grace that's been given to me in evangelism. And as an evangelist, I commission now the saints of C3 Narara, those here in the building present and those online, in the name of Jesus, I release to you a great grace, a grace that would elicit responses from pre-Christians in your family, in your neighbourhood, in your workplace, and all those around you, a response that would say, what must I do to be saved? Lord, I release that grace on the saints today. Father, I release them into the full story of forgiven before I ask. Father, I release them into the ministry of reconciling all of creation. Lord, the neighbourhood, I release them into this reconciliation ministry. Father, let forgiveness abound in their hearts. Lord, let repentance abound in their hearts. Lord, let grace and mercy, let kindness erupt in their hearts, Father, that we would see person after person, family member after family member, work colleague after work colleague, student after student come to faith in you, Lord. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, a grace to rest upon every believer here that would see your kingdom come, your will be done in our region here in the New South Wales Central Coast. Father, we believe you for it. This is not a work of man. This is a work of the Spirit. And so we receive it now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.